0: And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you, guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday. It's around 2 p.m. for me right now. Um, Just got back from a nice little walk and a little bummed out. Uh, I was going back and forth with uh, the promoter that uh, I was talking about for fighting January 28th. And just the reality of it, guys, is once I decided to turn pro, I want to be a professional. And what I mean by that is not just a professional in the sense of obviously higher competition um, and everything that goes along with it on that sense, training capacity, evolution, just the process of all that good stuff, but also from a business standpoint, from a financial standpoint. And uh, for me, being in North Carolina, going to New York, travel, competition, it just – all the I had a minimum number. They couldn't – or he, he couldn't reach it or just it wasn't something that he was willing to do and that's fine. Um, and that's at the end of the day. It, 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 that's where it comes down to business. It's not personal. It's business. I respect what I do and not just what I do but I respect my health, my skills, all, all those things that go into it. And this is where I think as fighters – we can make a difference, and it's hard because obviously when you need to fight for your bills to, to pay for your bills, puts you in a tougher spot. You don't have as much leverage. The good thing that I like to constantly maintain for myself is the fact that I have a business, the fact that I have other things going on, other opportunities in education. I don't have to take a fight for money. And uh, fuck, I forgot who said it, but I remember there was a really good quote once that said – If you're going to fight for money, you're more than likely going to lose or you're going to risk something. So, and that's, I'm not really quoting it properly, but that's the the synopsis of it. And that's how I look at it. You know, I want to be able to say, I think I'm worth a certain amount. And honestly, in the first five to 10 fights, I'm not going to get what I think I'm worth regardless. But I think there's a number that I should be getting that is what I'm worth as far as the market goes. And I think that what a lot of promoters and smaller promoters can afford or want or normally paying isn't in that same ballpark. And um, I think that's where I can make a difference, not just for myself, but with other fighters. And that's why I don't want to really start managing fighters at this point, but I want to do that in the future to kind of get the mindset like, hey, listen, you need to understand or at least get in your own mind what you think you're worth. Come up with that idea. Obviously, we you have professionals that help you come up with that. And then you build from there. And, um, yeah, so long story short, not going to fight in January. Um, hopefully still February. Hopefully still March. I'm going back and forth with... Uh, the promoter in February. The only thing I'm thinking about now is if I can't get a kickboxing fight, depending on what licensing and insurance and all that stuff that goes with it, I don't know if I'm going to get a boxing license in time. I'm going to look into that process actually after I do this podcast. Um, The promoter didn't say anything, so I'm not sure if he's just not taking it serious for me boxing or if it's not that long of a process or he's assuming that I already have a boxing license, um, which is different than in Muay Thai and kickboxing. So we'll see what goes on with that, and then I haven't heard anything from March either. So it's like one thing I've noticed is a lot of times promoters have so many matchups and so many things and all that going on that it's going to be not as much notice as I would personally like, and I don't like to harp on them, but I also know how crazy life can get, so I also make sure I stay on top of them. And that's another thing for fighters too, that I think a lot of times, and I was talking to to uh, someone at the gym the other day when I was down at Top Team of another fighter, and talking about the idea of, you know, sponsorships, the business side of it, the marketing side of it, and where you kind of have to stand, how you have to approach it, what you have to do. A lot of it's unknown. And I take for granted the fact that I grew up with parents that were accountants that also own their own business, that pretty much everyone in my immediate family either owned their own business or was directly in charge of running a program or a business and was intelligent about how they would manage finances and how they would look at business. Um, and that obviously plays a huge role in the environment in which you're raised and how you look at things and that's why I couldn't really understand why people don't want to own their own business either more. But I also obviously you've guys even heard me talk about sometimes business get frustrating. You know, I've thought about selling obviously numerous times and I'm sure there'll be times where I'll think about selling again just because of the grief. But I've also come up with some interesting tools and strategies to kind of combat that because I think a lot of it's connected to not just the business, and I was um, listening to Joe Rogan, maybe it actually was Brendan Schaub, who might have been them both together on Joe Rogan's podcast, or on uh, Fighter and the Kid, or Big Brown Breakdown, or something like that, where one of them, they were talking about the idea that when you get hit, and obviously concussions or any trauma like that, you're not only going to be more emotional, but you're also going to be just a little bit more volatile, so where I tie that back in with the business and whatnot, especially as things get more and more stressful, obviously if I'm, I, you know, I spar, we kickbox, we train, we're going to take hits to the head. That's just a matter of how it's going to go down. And actually, I, so I think back in Thailand and looking at some of my like kind of blogging or, or just audio recordings, I'm like, man, I kind of noticed that. So Wednesday was a hard sparring day, let's say, and not let's say that's that was our big heavy pro sparring day. That's where you're going hard. You know what I mean? Like you're going. No one's trying to get hurt. But you're working, you know what I mean? And um, I would notice not just Wednesday evening night, but into Thursday and then even into Friday, uh, appetite would change, mood would change, some of the things I was kind of logging that maybe I wasn't really paying attention to it. At the time I was taking for granted, or I was just so kind of entrenched in the lifestyle and training and, and enjoying life still obviously, but not really paying attention to it that I'm not really kind of catching on. And um, even from Monday, you know, sparring and then not sparring for a while before that, I felt, A, it can be really good and and it can feel great because my body's been feeling really good. And now I feel a little bit more sore, especially after going 10 rounds, I feel a little bit more aches and those kind of things that come along with it, which I think is also an important balance. But again, bringing it back to my original point of the business side of it, I'm learning to build tools to say, okay, A, awareness of why am I feeling that way, B, how do I kind of level back out? So let's say it's a roller coaster, right? And you can even tie that to any kind of extremes on anything. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, right? So let's say I'm feeling really good, feeling really good. And then, boom, for whatever reason, just even for the fact of balance, you're going to have a low and a drop off. How do we bring it back up? Do I should do I just ride it out? Because that can get risky depending on anyone that's dealt with any kind of variable of depression or negative feelings for a longer period of time. Sometimes if it goes too long, that has a serious impact on production, on relationships, on work, on all these things. Or do we try and get a little biohack? I, I don't know if I really like that phrase for this, but do we just try and say, let's speed this process up. Let's get ourselves feeling good again. Let's go outside for a walk. Let's I'm listening to uh, Memory Rescue uh, on Audible. Again, I'm a big Audible fan. I try and get as many books in as I can. Um, I'm a little disappointed because last year I had 27 books. This year I only got 19, um, which I always try and get progressively moving in the right direction. The only thing I can say is out of those 27 books, 12 of them were considered – it's really actually one giant book that's broken down into different parts. So I don't even know if I really count that. Either way, uh, I might just be kind of like trying to make up for it. But I got to say that um, overall time has gone up. The amount of actual time i or the amount of information I've been taking in has gone up, which is – I'm, I'm excited about that. And I can kind of have more to pull from. Anyways, I'm again going on tie engines. So I'll bring it back. So using tools I got in this memory rescue book. To say, hey, if I'm not feeling good or I'm getting frustrated or whatever, especially if it's sparring I'm getting frustrated with the business, I'll have a little bit of a down or I'm not feeling even energetically. Let's even take mood out of the equation for a second. Let's take just physical energy or even cognitive energy because sometimes I think there's a difference. And this is me just completely speculating here. I'm not actually pulling from books on this one. Um, And I'm sure there's plenty of literature on it and I just haven't got to it yet and I, I plan on getting to it. You can only get so much information in at a time that the idea that there's physical energy and that there's cognitive energy what i mean by that is like you ever feel like you could run a marathon but mentally you just you couldn't even write a sentence or vice versa you could write a freaking book but physically you just can't move um and then sometimes you have them connected together where you're like i can do anything i can physically do anything i can mentally do anything i can you know write i can run whatever it is or sometimes you just i don't can't think, don't want to speak, move, get out of bed, whatever, whatever have you. So with all that, the recap, bringing it back, using these tools and one of the tools I really liked was, and, and what I found was really interesting, is that there's a connection between writing down three things you're grateful for and overall improvement of mood and energy. Um, so that I, I thought was really interesting because that's not even really a high- energy demand to yield more energy. So what I mean by that is a lot of times you ever hear the expression, you have to spend money to make money. You have to spend energy to make energy, right? So we have to spend energy to eat food, but when we eat that food, ultimately we're getting more energy. You know what I'm saying? Or even with exercise, even though we're executing a lot of movements or we're putting out a lot of energy, in the long run, ultimately when we repair, rebuild, we bring in energy, we actually have more energy to spend because we have more either muscle mass or neurological pathways or a combination of both. Usually that's what's happening. Um, And then ultimately it's going to take more energy and so on and so forth. So with that being said, we have to kind of spend energy to make energy. So what I like about this, it's to write three things down, super low energy cost, but a high energy yield supposedly. And that's what I'm going to experiment with. So they said it takes a minimum of three weeks from what they've seen to see, to see a statistical impact. Um, so I'm going to sample that out. And what I'm kind of debating on doing is just isolating one exercise at a time or one tool at a time so i can really get more of my own personal note on how impactful it is but i already kind of i walk as it is so i was walking outside and obviously walking especially outside it's been sunny today vitamin d there's been a lot of connection for that improvement in energy and mood so that i'm going to kind of count is just a non-variable at least a control variable that's been there regardless but then i'm thinking Shit, Do I have to consider if I take that out? It also changes the impact of the writing exercise. So I don't know. We'll see. And I really don't want to not walk um, for a lot of different reasons, just in general. But again, so fun fact, guys, the whole synopsis of me telling you all of that is there's some really exciting tools that we can learn and use to ultimately have an improvement of move, have an increase in energy that's not too high cost. And even when it is, there's a lot of return we can get on our energy. And I think that if people start, and I make this connection all the time, and I don't know if everyone notices this, if we make more of a connection instead of to, everyone's concerned about finances and wealth and all that, what if you associate your body's wealth as more of an important factor than your bank account wealth? And again, I'm not saying obviously don't consider financials, Because money, unfortunately, in the way we live society kind of runs the world, right? So we need to be able to pay bills, eat food, all that good stuff. So get that shit covered. And then thereafter, and even maybe even before that, like I even still think before that, because you're not going to make as much or even enjoy what you're doing as much if you're not physically, mentally, and overall personally healthy in as many aspects as you can be. So focus on a mental side of it, physical side, and then focus on strategies. Like So we have exit strategies in business. We have savings plans. We have investment portfolios, all these things. Kind of associate that to your body. So what I mean by that, diversity. So when we look at investment diversity, when we're talking about finances, you want to have different stocks. Same thing with, let's say, exercise. Don't just do the same exact thing day in and day out. Have a diversity of exercises, workout programs, cardiovascular, anaerobic, aerobic Um, high-intensity, low-intensity, and different styles of training, let's say martial arts. That's why martial arts is so amazing, I believe, is because you can be a martial artist and never actually master or even train in all the martial art options, whether it's more traditional styles of karate, taekwondo, uh, let's even go then to kung fu wushu jiu kundo and then you get into the more modern day stuff of the mixed martial arts aspects of bringing dutch kickboxing together with wrestling and brazilian jiu-jitsu or sambo which is even older greco like all these different styles like you could even say greco and folk style are two different martial arts in my opinion because they're kind of they're again they're two different styles they're the same it's uh, called sport or maybe we I, I, actually i would be interested to have a high level uh wrestling either coach or athlete talk about that from the folk style like a collegiate world and then also talk about a freestyle one be like hey do you think this is the same thing because the, the the point scoring system is different obviously but it's kind of the same family it's like baseball and softball uh yeah, maybe that's not the best example because the only real aspect that separating them is sex but then there's also different ball different sizing different rules Eh, not really different anyways i'm going on another tangent here but again going back to martial arts being diversity investment portfolio try different things you can do brazilian jiu-jitsu but then you can also do kickboxing those are two totally different things and they're going to work different energy pathways they're going to work different energy systems they're going to work them at a different rate and it's going to stimulate parts of your brain that are going to be different than one another the way and the routes you build for doing jiu-jitsu are going to be different than the neurological routes and pathways you build for kickboxing so i think that's really interesting On top of that, not only just there's different martial arts styles being related to different investments in your portfolio, let's also look at – I love to make an analogy to a savings account and I love making this connection of your muscle mass to a savings account because – all right, let's see if I can connect this the right way. Not directly like muscle building more muscle but your muscle mass in this savings account example of gaining interest Would be associated to muscle mass burning calories. And the more muscle mass we have, the more calories ultimately we're burning, right? Thus, the bigger your savings account, the higher return you're gonna get because, again, your interest rate, even if it doesn't change, if it does change, that's even better, you get a better return. But even if it's the same rate, the higher amount of money, obviously you're getting a bigger percentage or a bigger chunk if of the same percentage. You get what I'm saying. So, I like to focus on that, that being part of the physical side of it. Now, not only do we wanna have that, part of diversity and the security of diversity is it covers you. And what I mean by that is if let's say one market or one area starts to go down or doesn't work out, you have these other areas to kind of recover and make up for that loss. Now bringing that back to our training style, let's say, perfect example today, I decided to swim instead of do traditional weight training, jujitsu, grappling, or even striking in the morning because my body's feeling sore again from sparring and I did a heavy strength training yesterday and then kickboxing at night and I'm starting to feel it. Normally I like to go three days consecutively and then one day of an active recovery off day. I'm probably still going to do that tomorrow and today I'm obviously still training but I decided to jump in the pool and do an intensity training session there again saying like okay my body's not feeling good in this one world of weight training or kickboxing. Let's diversify and change it up and have the opportunity to let my body go this direction and Again, I don't know if this is going to make sense to you guys. In my mind, it obviously makes all the sense in the world because I so much have been raised on business and finance. In my mind, I'm always drawn towards it that everything I do, I can connect to that. I can make an example out of it and bring it back to it. But I think so much of the body does tie to it. And if people put just as much... And the big story and the whole thing I want you guys to get out of this, if people put as much emphasis on their bank accounts as they did on... I'm sorry, as on their bodies as they did on their bank accounts then the world will be a different place for so many reasons in so many different ways. Because once you start placing an emphasis on the physical, the mental also is an evolution that is just inevitable to follow for the most part. I mean, some people can just be physical specimens and just worry about training and not really ever evolve or progress or grow mentally. And vice versa, you can grow mentally and maybe never evolve physically. But I think so much of when you do evolve physically, especially in the martial arts worlds, the mental is inevitable to come because of the community that's involved in martial arts, the style of people—not that they're pushy with their thoughts—but you kind of just talk to people. And you're like, "Oh shit, bring up some good points, man!" And oh, you're a cool dude and a cool chick, and you, you, you know you have some great perspectives on this. And oh, that's making me think about this. And oh shit, and then it opens up all these other aspects. And then I even say, from the scientific perspective, think about it: when you're exercising different parts of your brain, not just for physical movement, how do you think your brain's going to be able to operate? not only consume information but put things together how do you assemble bits of thoughts of information and interpret the world around you because all we're doing all the brain is is just it's kind of like an art form it's a physical mental and expression of our interpretation our filtering of the world okay we can both look at the same object and see two totally different things and or it can mean two. T- even if we see the same thing it can mean two totally different things and different operations and processes can happen in the brain and then it might connect you to two totally different memories like one person might have one experience let's say we see uh, a stop sign walking I was just walking obviously I'm gonna see stop signs you see a stop sign I might think of when I was hollow back you know I immediately right now I'm thinking okay Halloween when I was living in Deer Park going out with friends trick-or-treating all the fun you know like egg fights, shaving cream and then someone else might think I don't know maybe a car accident or some shit like anything like that so I, I think that's really interesting and um, again a benefit to training in the martial arts world is how people's brains can kind of function I think there should be more of an emphasis. Like if you ever hear um, someone went to Harvard, obviously that's a huge credential, which I 100% agree with, not saying anything. But I think that if you find out someone does martial arts, there should be kind of like something to that. And I think anyone that does martial arts does see the weight in it. Um, Like personally for me, I've told you guys even in the past, I don't like doing business with people that I haven't trained with. And I'm kind of even going through it right now with one of the the companies we work with, not to badmouth them or anything, but if I did any kind of martial arts or strength training with them and I got to see them in person, i kind of get a better read on what kind of person they are because I still don't know. I've never met this this organization in person. I've talked to them, obviously. It's just different when you see someone in person, especially when you're halfway around the world. Um, but yeah, so that's my two cents. Went on a little bit more of a spiel today. Um, long story short is I swam, did some sprint intervals in the pool instead of beating my body up. Physically, it felt great. Jumped in the hot tub. Um, you guys can check the... 30 uh, day blog below. If you're on the website, if you're not, go to lifeofafighter.com forward slash blog, or you could just go to mikequalo.com forward slash blog, or mikequalo.com. Not sure if you're going to be able to spell my name, just in case you can't. You got lifeofafighter.com forward slash blog. And under our podcast, you'll see I also have a 30 day challenge blog tab you can click on. And yeah, we have a Google Docs that shows all the workouts I'm doing throughout this process, what I'm also eating, so you guys can kind of see. I think it's a fun way to share. I've gotten a lot of good uh, thoughts and feedback on it. So you guys can see exactly what I was doing in the pool, my recovery protocols, and then also I'm going to be training kickboxing tonight. I'm probably not going to be recording till tomorrow. So you can see some of the things I did there. I'll be updating and I just think it's easier instead of kind of chipping away at the day and constantly recording throughout the day. It's just you know, this this ends up working out and I think you guys still get the great information. If you guys like it a different way, you let me know, we can make adjustments. But that is it for this Wednesday and I will check you guys tomorrow. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for